listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I am reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you'd like to discuss today's readings with others, I invite you to head over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her holy example in life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 131. And we are reading from chapter 27 of volume 2, book 3. And today we are reading paragraph numbers 335 to 342. Chapter 27. The Lord prepares Most Holy Mary to meet Lucifer in battle, and the dragon begins to persecute her. 335. The eternal word already made man in the womb of Mary the Virgin and possessing her as his mother, was aware of the designs of Lucifer, not only through the uncreated knowledge of his Godhead, but also by the created knowledge of his humanity. He prepared the defense of his tabernacle, which was more estimable in his sight than all the rest of the creatures. In order to clothe the invincible lady with new strength against the foolhardy, daring of the treacherous dragon and his hosts, the most holy humanity of Christ rose up, as it were, in an attitude of defense in the virginal chamber of Mary, in order to meet and offer battle to the princes of darkness. In this position he prayed to the Father and asked him to renew his favors and graces in Mary, in order that she might, with added strength, crush the head of the ancient serpent, that this woman might humiliate and overcome him, frustrate his designs and all his powers, and that she come forth triumphant and victorious over hell to the glory and praise of God and of his virginal mother. 336. The prayer of Christ our Lord was punctually fulfilled in the most blessed trinity. Then, in an indescribable manner, her most holy son was shown to Mary in her virginal womb. In this vision, the plentitude of grace and unspeakable gifts were vouchsafed to her. Illumined anew with additional light of wisdom, she recognized the highest and most hidden mysteries impossible to describe. She understood especially that Lucifer had prepared vast designs of pride against the glory of the Lord, and that his arrogance rose up to drink the pure waters of the Jordan. Job 40.18 the Most High, informing her of these things, said to her, My spouse and my dove, 
The infernal dragon thirsts with such wrath against my holy name and all those that adore it, that he wishes to drag toward him all without exception, and with daring presumption he tries to blot out my name from the land of the living. I wish thee, my beloved, to come to the defense of my cause and of my holy name by giving battle to the cruel enemy, and I will be with thee in battle, since I am in thy virginal womb. I wish that thou confound and destroy the enemies before I appear in the world, for they are convinced that the redemption of the world is nigh, and therefore they desire to gain over and ruin all souls without exception before the world is redeemed. I trust this victory to thy fidelity and love. Do thou battle in my name, just as I in thee, against this dragon and ancient serpent. Apocalypse 12, 9. 337. These words of the Lord and the knowledge of these secrets so moved the heart of the heavenly mother that I cannot find expression for that which then happened. When she understood that her most holy son wished her to defend the honor of the Most High, she was so inflamed with divine love and filled with such invincible fortitude that if each one of the demons would have been an entire hell and filled with the fury of all its inmates, they all together would have been only like a few weak ants compared to the incomparable strength of this, our valiant leader. All of them she would have vanquished and destroyed by the smallest part of her virtues and of her zeal for the honor and glory of the Lord. And her divine protector and helper ordained this glorious triumph of his most holy mother over hell, in order that the arrogance of his enemies might no longer lord it over us, nor rest assured of being able to destroy the world. But he wished to hasten its redemption and put us mortals under obligation, not only to the inestimable love of his most holy son, but also to Mary, our heavenly defender and reparatrix. She was to issue forth to battle stop his progress, vanquish and suppress him, placing mankind on a proper footing for the reception of their Redeemer. 338. O sons of men, dull and slow of heart, how is it that you do not heed such admirable blessings? Who is man that thou shouldst honor and favor him thus? Psalm 8.5. O most high king, Thy own mother and our mistress, thou sendest out to labor and combat in our defense. Whoever heard of similar happenings? Who has ever shown such force and ingenuity of love? Where is our intellect? Who has deprived us of the use of reason? What hardness of heart is this? What has drawn us into such vile ingratitude? What shameful conduct of men, who while they claim to love and honor her so much, are guilty of such low and infamous ingratitude as to forget such an obligation. The true nobility and honor of the sons of Adam would rather seem to consist in thanking her incessantly and sacrificing their lives in gratitude. 3.39 The obedient mother, offering herself to battle with Lucifer for the honor of her most holy son of the Holy Trinity and our own, answered him, that had commanded her, saying, My Lord and my highest good, from whom I have received my being, and all the grace and light which I possess, to thee I belong entirely, and thou, Lord, hast condescended to be my son. Do with thy servant what shall be to thy greater glory and pleasure. For if thou art in me, and I in thee, who shall be powerful enough to resist thy will?' 
I shall be the instrument of thy almighty arm. Give me thy strength, and come with me, and let us go forth to battle against the dragon with all his followers. In the meanwhile, Lucifer issued from the meeting, now filled with such hateful spite against her, that he considered the perdition of all the other souls as of small consequence. If we could know the fury of Satan, as it is in reality, we would better understand what God says to holy Job, that he counts steel as straw and bronze as rotten wood. Job 41.18 Such was the wrath of the dragon against most holy Mary, and such it is even now against the souls. For if he esteemed the most holy, the invincible, and most strong woman to be no more than a dried-up leaf, what will he do to sinners, who like empty and decaying reeds do not withstand him? Ephesians 6.16 Living faith alone and humility of heart are the double armor which enable them to procure glorious victory. 3.40 In order to begin his battle, Lucifer brought with him the seven legions with their seven principal leaders, whom after the fall from heaven he had appointed to tempt men to the seven capital sins. Apocalypse 12 each of these seven squadrons he charged with the duty of exerting their utmost strength against the Immaculate Princess. The Invincible Lady was occupied in prayer when the Lord permitted the first legion of devils to begin the battle by tempting her to the sin of pride, to which special work they had been appointed. They sought to approach the Heavenly Queen by trying to cause changes in her natural passions and inclinations, for this is the ordinary way in which the demons find access to other mortals, and they thought that she was infected in the same way as other men with passions disordered by sin. They could not, however, come as close to her as they wished, for they were repelled by the fragrance of her virtues and holiness, which tormented them more than the fire which consumes them. In spite of this obstacle, and although the very sight of Most Holy Mary pierced them with raging torments, they nevertheless ignored their pains and lashed themselves into furious and ungovernable wrath in their obstinate endeavors to approach near to her and exert upon her their crushed and damnable influence. 341. The Most Holy Mary, who was alone and left only to her natural forces, stood prepared for the assault of those countless demons. Yet she by herself was as formidable and terrible. Canticle 6.3 to them as many armies in battle array. They presented themselves before her, Psalm 118.85, in the most horrid masks and with wicked lies. But the sovereign queen, teaching us how to conquer, did not change her position, nor was moved interiorly or exteriorly, nor did she show any emotion of fear in her countenance. She took no notice of them, nor attended to them any more than if they had been the weakest ants. She despised them with an invincible and magnanimous heart, for this kind of battle, as it is a battle of virtues, is not accompanied by the extremes of noise and excitement, but is fought in all tranquility and outward and inward peace and modesty. Just as little could she be moved by the passions and the appetites, for these were not in subservience to the devil and our queen. In her they were all swayed by reason, and this again was subject to God, since none of her faculties had been cast into disorder by the first sin, as in the rest of the children of Adam. 
Therefore, the arrows of these enemies, as David says, were like those of little children, Psalm 63, 8, and their armories were like those which were without ammunition. Only to themselves were they harmful, for their weakness only brought upon them confusion. Although they were not aware of the innocence and the original justice of Most Holy Mary, and therefore did not understand that she was not to be injured by the common temptations, yet by the majesty of her bearing and her constancy, they could conjecture their ill success and how she despised them. Their efforts were not of the least avail. For as says the Apostle in the Apocalypse, Apocalypse twelve eighteen, and as I have mentioned in the first part, the earth helped the woman who was clothed with the sun when the dragon opened upon her the flood of his impetuous temptations, meaning thereby that the earthly body of this lady had not been vitiated in its faculties and passions as those of others who had been touched by sin. 342. The demons then assumed corporeal shapes of the most horrible and dreadful kind, and they began to emit fearful howls, roaring with terrible voices, pretending to rush upon her and threatening destruction. They shook the earth and the house, striving also by other furious assaults to frighten and disturb the princess of the world, so that at least in this or in making her desist from prayers, they might seem victorious. But the invincible and magnanimous heart of Most Holy Mary was not disturbed, nor moved in the least. It must be remembered that in order to enter upon this battle, the Lord left her entirely to the resources of her own faith and virtue. He suspended the effects of the other favors and privileges, which she was wont to enjoy at other times. The Most High wished it so, in order that the triumph of his mother might be more glorious and honorable. Besides this, there were the other reasons, which God has in allowing the souls to be tempted in this manner. His judgments are unsearchable and unknowable. Romans 11.33 At times the great lady would repeat, Who is like unto God, that lives in the highest, and looks upon the humble in heaven and on earth? Psalm 112.5 By these words she routed the hosts that opposed her. This concludes our reading for today, day number 131, in which we read from Volume 2, Book 3, Chapter 27, Paragraphs 335 to 342. What an interesting reading that we had today. It reminds us really of Book 1, where we saw the battle between the dragon and the woman in Revelation 12. And so that vision of John, now we're seeing how it actually is being played out here in Volume 2, Book 3. The demons, the devil, want to take out the Blessed Mother. They want to assault her. They want to make her nervous or worried. And we see all of their tactics here in our reading today, which I think is a good thing for us to notice. Because once we know how the enemy attacks, well, then we can be ready for the attack. Think of any war battle. They're always trying to get ahead of the enemy. And so that's what we're trying to do. One of the interesting things I found today, too, is that we just see how the devil is drawn to the Blessed Mother because of who she is, because she is giving us the Savior, because she is the embodiment of perfection 
that she isn't tainted by the corruption of sin. And so this is like a great prize for him to try to assault her with temptations, as we heard, while she was praying even, that she was assaulted with prideful temptations. But Mary knew this, and she, who is the humble virgin, was able to overcome it. And so as the devil really, in a sense, prefers the Blessed Mother because of who she is, well, then we, in a sense, become her soldiers, right? And then we rise up and battle against the evil one. And so Satan isn't going to like us either. St. Louis de Montfort wrote in True Devotion to Mary that the Holy Spirit flies to the soul who is devoted to Mary because in that soul, the Holy Spirit finds a great love for his most beloved spouse. And so the Holy Spirit prefers the person devoted to the Blessed Mother. So if we think about ourselves, if we're devoted to Mary, it seems to follow then that the evil one would like to fly to us, to assault us, because he knows that if we belong to God and to his most holy mother, Mary, that we will be powerful. And so he tries, just as he tries to assault with temptation the Blessed Virgin Mary, he tries to do the very same thing with us. And so we need to be aware and we need to be on guard. Just one more thing. The Most High speaks to Mary in paragraph 336 today. My spouse and my dove, the infernal dragon, thirsts with such wrath against my holy name and all those that adore it that he wishes to drag toward him all without exception. And with daring presumption, he tries to blot out my name from the land of the living. If you want to do injury to the evil one from the mouth of Almighty God himself in this reading, well, spread the name of Jesus. Reverence that name. Pray that name. And in so doing, by spreading that name of Jesus, well, every knee shall bend on earth and in the heaven. And at that name, the devil is going to flee. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.